You're listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast, a weekly show of our Sunday sermons that give you a way to connect with God, grow in faith, and find wholeness. Thanks for joining us. Here's the message. I often struggle to sleep, not necessarily staying asleep, but falling asleep. And it can happen for a variety of reasons. If my, you know, my pattern of sleep, you know, my pattern before bed, my kind of bedtime routine, if that's disrupted, if I'm anxious or nervous about something, you know, if my mind just can't stop grinding, sometimes I just can't like turn it off, can't stop thinking about like things, even if it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just excited or thinking, whatever. And I have various routines I try to do to kind of get, get to sleep. <laughs> it's funny, when I was working on this message, my daughter, Lexi, was in the office with me, and I was kind of saying it out loud, practicing. She's like, yeah, Dad, like when you turn on the light in the middle of the night in the hallway and read books, <laughs> which is one of my routines that I try to do to help me get to sleep. And I don't know if it's always been this way, but I remember even in, in when I was in high school, during my teenage years, struggling to get to sleep, although... I remember that being for different reasons entirely. Really, I I remember lying in bed at night, wondering about my own salvation, wondering if I was going to heaven. And I, I say this as someone who, like, was a pastor's kid, someone who grew up in church, someone who had a salvation experience, a conversion experience when I was young. And that was, that was part of the problem. It was when I was so young that, you know, it, was, it just led to more questions like, was it legitimate? Was it for real? Did I say the right words? Did I think the right things? Am I still thinking the right things? Whatever. The doubts remained. And the funny thing is, when I, was a, when I was a senior in high school, I remember I, I took a trip to visit a Bible college because I wanted to train to be a pastor, train to be a youth pastor specifically. And I remember taking a trip with a, another youth group from another church to visit a Bible college because I wanted to train to be a pastor, right? And of course, being like a good Bible college they were, they had uh, this whole event set up for high schoolers to come and check out the campus and learn more about what they were about. And they had, of course, a service one night. And I remember the speaker gave an invitation for people to come make a decision for Christ. And, and I remember going forward. I don't know if you remember, you were a part of such a culture where there was an invitation given. But I remember going forward, not necessarily to make a decision for Christ, but just because I wasn't I wasn't sure about my, my faith, my status as a Christian, my salvation, if you, if you want to say that. Like, I was still lacking even up to that point, like when I was attending or about to attend Bible college, because I, I had too many doubts. And I remember the youth pastor, he wasn't my youth pastor, but he's the youth pastor that I had traveled with, Sean Sears, and he, he came up and he, he, he opened the Bible and he, he talked me through some verses and for some reason, like at that point, like it just stuck. He's like, Lauren, like you're good. Like there's nothing to worry about. And thankfully, kind of that was 
a point for me where I was able to kind of like let go of my doubts to some extent. But I know that I'm not alone. And I think more to the point, like, this problem of doubting our own status is a problem that church in many ways has perpetuated. Like, and when the message we hear from church over and over again is that we're not good enough, our faith isn't enough, that we're lacking, there's, there's really no amount of prayer, no amount of Bible study, no amount of service projects we can do that will kind of make us feel like we're, we're set, we're, we're good enough, our faith is enough. And, and maybe you're different. Maybe for you this was never a problem. But I bet for many, many of you watching, this is something you can relate to, that you're acutely aware of this constant struggle to feel like you're enough. That your faith is enough. And, and really the problem with this kind of thinking is it kind of perpetuates this kind of self-centered faith. Again, not that it's like a selfish self-centered faith. It's just like we're just doing what we've been taught. Like when we're constantly reminded again and again and again that we're not enough, that our faith isn't enough, that we're lacking, it kind of leads to just endless cycle of just like worrying about our own faith. But I want you to think about what if, what if our standing with God, our relationship with God has nothing to do with our own individual faith and everything to do with Jesus? How might that change things in your life? How might that change things in your life today? I want us to look at some scripture this morning from the book of Romans. And perhaps you've probably heard these verses read to you before. So I want to invite you this morning to read with me from the book of Romans chapter 3. We're starting a new scripture, we're starting a new sermon series, a new message series this week, uh, looking at the faith of Jesus as, as written about by Paul the Apostle. And we're looking at different texts and different verses and stories from the book of Romans in the New Testament. So I want to read this morning from Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. And if you have a Bible, you're, you're welcome to follow along. And in fact, if you don't have one with you right now, I, I want to encourage you after this, uh, go back and take a look at this if you would. So I'm going to read Romans 3, verses 21 through 24. And I'm reading, I want to tell you this this morning, because it'll be relevant from the New Revised Standard Version, or the NRSV. So it says, verse 21, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, uh, this is why I kind of make a point about the, the different version of the Bible that I'm reading from, because in the NRSV, it has a footnote, which in this instance looks like a little letter A, or in your Bible, it might look like a little number 
or a little letter. In verse 22, and if you go down to the bottom of the page, that little footnote says that that verse where it says faith in Jesus Christ could also be translated or through the faith of Christ Jesus. Now, maybe this is a little deep for you, and and I apologize, I'm getting a little into semantics, semantics here, so stay with me for a moment if you can. But the Bible as we know it is written in English, but it was written long ago in Greek, in a, in a different language than most of us know in ancient Greek. And it's been translated into English. And sometimes, like in any kind of, any kind of language translation, it's like things just don't make the same sense. Like they just don't like come across the same way as they were meant to in the original language. And when we read Romans 3 verse, verse 22, those words about faith in Jesus Christ, the original language could mean the opposite or could mean differently, like the faithfulness of Christ Jesus. And and I, I know this may be a bit confusing, but try to hang with me here. Like, this is a big distinction. Talking about faith in Jesus Christ versus the faithfulness of Christ Jesus. So let me try to Hang with me some more for a little quick backstory. So this guy, Martin Luther, um, and I'm talking about the old religious guy, not the civil rights reformer, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who was named after this Martin Luther. But Martin Luther lived about 500 years ago, and he was a pretty influential guy. Like if you've been to a Lutheran church or you've seen a Lutheran church, he was the one who kind of started this, this thing called Lutheranism. And it really is kind of, in, in many ways, responsible for the Protestant Reformation, or essentially why we're not all Catholics still. So anyway, um, and apologies to my Lutheran friends here, <laughs> but Luther was a guy, as I see it, who was kind of racked eternally by guilt and seemed to be lacking like a strong sense of self-worth, to be honest. And he believed that faith in Christ was the essential part of our salvation, and as, as I read Romans chapter 3, verse 22, and I, and I read it through these other ways, like, and I flip those words around, the faithfulness of Jesus, I think about this in another way. And, and I read other authors, and they say that this translation is the key. Is it the faithfulness of Jesus that's the big deal, or is it Faith in Christ, that's the big deal. Like, it really comes down to a question, how are we saved? And in church and in academia, we use a big fancy word called soteriology, which basically talks about how the the reconciliation, how humans have been reconciled to God. Like, universally, pretty much universally, it's agreed that the the relationship between God and between humans has been broken in, in some way that relationship needs to be restored. And the question is, how has that relationship been restored? How are we, to use another big word as humans, how are we redeemed? Again, going back to this question about wording, is it based on our faith in Jesus Christ, or is it based on Jesus' own life and death on the cross, his faithfulness to what God had called him to do? Again, is it based on 
our trust in Jesus Christ, or was it based on what Jesus had already done, his life, his death, and his resurrection on the cross, his faithfulness to what God had called him to do? I'd like to propose that our standing before God has nothing to do with our amount of faith or lack thereof. Maybe you're wondering, what, why, why? Because, because of the faithfulness of Jesus. Because of the faithfulness of Jesus. And that faithfulness of Jesus, because God, Jesus did what God asked Jesus to do. Jesus did what God asked him to do. Jesus was faithful to that mission and that, that faithfulness to God's mission, that faithfulness is what restored the broken relationship with, between God and humanity. Therefore, I believe we as humans need not worry about believing the absolute right thing. We need not worry about whether we have enough faith We need not be concerned if sometimes we doubt because as another has said, as as one author has said, what matters is not our agreement to the fact that Jesus is divine, the divine mediator. Jesus is the one who's restored the relationship between God and humanity. What matters is that Jesus himself was faithful to the calling of God. And spoiler alert, he was, right? We know he was. Therefore, our unbelief or our belief in the saving power of Jesus isn't what saves us, this author says. What saves us is Jesus' obedience to his mission from God. That's what saves us. We're good before God because of what Jesus did Case closed. Like our life is built on the foundation of Jesus' love. That's it. And I I don't know about for you, but for me, this changes everything. Like this changes everything. And it takes the focus off of me. Takes the focus off of my insecurities, my doubt my uncertainties, my lack of faith sometimes, and it invites me, it invites us to follow the mission that God has for me, God has for you, God has for us. I believe that's our purpose, to follow the mission that God has for you. God has for me, God has for us. Because you have a mission that God has given you. Just as Jesus followed his mission, you have a mission that God has given you, and we each have a part to play in God's mission. And I believe that our our job, if I can use that word, as followers of Jesus, is to be faithful to that mission that God has given us, just as Jesus was. We follow the way of Jesus by following in his faithfulness by replicating his faithfulness to God, to God's mission. 
And again, it's not about having enough faith. It's not about believing the right thing. It's not even about achieving the most results. It's about being faithful to what God has called you to do. Unless you're living under a rock, you know where we're at today. Living immense this time of COVID is really hard. And I'll just say that as a pastor, leading this church through this time, man, at, at times it just feels impossible. Like every decision seems like the wrong decision the results that I'm trying to achieve seem impossible to achieve. The future seems really, really bleak at times. And I just, at times, I just don't know what to do or where to go. Like, I just, I just being real this, this morning with you. But what keeps me going is that I know without a shadow of a doubt and I shouldn't say that. There is shadow of doubts. But I know deep in my heart that this is the mission that God has called me to do, to lead this church and to follow the mission that God has given me to. And that's what I have to be faithful to. That's what Jesus is calling me. That's what God has calling me to do, to be faithful to that mission. The Apostle Paul, writing later on in the book of Romans, in the 15th chapter, toward the end of the book, he writes that he had fulfilled or completed what God had for him. In verse 9 of chapter 15, he writes that he had fully proclaimed the good news. He had fully proclaimed it. Now, maybe like me, you're wondering like, had everyone in the city of Rome heard about God? Did everyone now believe in Jesus? Was everyone a Christian? Like, no. No, not at all. So how in the world, how in the world could, could Paul say these things? That he had been fully completed, fully proclaimed the gospel. Paul had been faithful. This is how. Paul had been faithful to the mission that God had given him. It's funny, this past week when I couldn't sleep one night, I got up out of bed, turned on the hallway light, and was reading from a book from uh, author N.T. Wright. And he writes about, in the book of John, when Jesus is on the cross and says, It is finished. Jesus was saying, according to this author, Jesus was saying, I've completed my mission from you, God. It is finished. I have been faithful to what you have called me to do. It's finished. I want you to know this morning, whoever you are, wherever you're watching from, that God has a mission for you. God has a mission for you. 
And the question you've got to ask yourself, the question I've got to ask myself, the question we all have to ask ourselves is where and how does God want you to fulfill your mission? Right now in this time of COVID, I wonder like with all the anxiety and stress that's going on with families around this schooling, like does it, does it maybe it look like you like starting a learning pod for children in your neighborhood? Is it, does it look like helping someone who's unemployed, like help them redo their resume so they can get another job? And maybe it's just as simple as like just saying like to your friends and to your family, like black lives matter. Like maybe that's your mission. But where and how does God want you to make a difference in your world? And it's not about having the right amount of faith. Like, I don't know if you, you've heard of Mother Teresa, who was a great saint in serving just tremendous amounts of children. Later on, after her passing, stories were published from her own personal journal. And they reveal within her a deep, deep uncertainty and lack of faith at times. But despite this uncertainty, she stayed true to what she believed was her mission. I think of the, the biblical prophets. I mean, if anyone, if anyone, like countless biblical prophets, proclaimed the word of the Lord, as they said, and just got nothing, they got no results. I mean, if results was what mattered, if belief, faith was what mattered, we got to like, we got to eliminate the biblical prophets. We got to eliminate Mother Teresa. And I just don't believe that's what it is. I believe it's about being faithful to what God has called you to do. About doing what God has uniquely equipped you to do. And man, that's it. Like we each we each have something that God has uniquely equipped us to do. And God has given us a mission, a way to impact our world. Maybe on the grand scheme of things, it's not in the same way of Jesus' reconciling God to humanity, but we all have a mission that God has given to us. And our mission, it matters. It's important. It is a part of the big thing that God is trying to do in our world. And when we understand, when we understand that our relationship with God is secure, it's not going anywhere. We can rest in the comfort and assurance that in God's eyes, in God's eyes, I'm enough, you're enough, we are enough. And we don't have to worry about this game of trying to prove our faith. We move from living a life of deficit, never enough, always lacking, to living a life out of abundance, 
of knowing we're enough. I mean, think about it from like a parent-child relationship, which, I mean, it fits, right? Like, if you have a parent who's always just like telling you you're not good enough, that you're not enough, like, how can you grow to become the person that you should be when you're just constantly doubting yourself? Like, it just doesn't work. So why would we think, why would we think that our God behaves in such a way? Like, why would we think that? Like, when we know that we're good because of what Jesus did, because Jesus' own faithfulness to the mission that God had given him, because of Jesus' faithfulness, that is done. We're good. And our mission, your mission, is to follow that same faithfulness of Jesus. God has a mission for you. God has a mission for me. God wants us to make a difference in our world. To follow the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. I want to say a prayer for you this morning. I want to say a prayer for for us, for me this morning. That we would be faithful to the mission that God has given us. Let's pray. God, in these trying times, it can feel like there's no right answer. Life can feel upside down. We don't know right or left, heads or tails, and we don't know at times where we're doing or where we're going. God, I pray that you would help us to seek out and to be faithful to the mission that you have given us. We ask this in the name of the one who was faithful, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast. You can watch our weekly services on Facebook Live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And to learn more about joining a group or serving with us, visit our website at mgthornton.org.